Sounds good. Okay, Brent Cooper, thank you for being here again. Um, we want to give um, the last Supreme Court decision a metamodern spin, you know, to understand what's going on there. So as far as I understand, and you may correct me, um, because, you know, I'm from Spain and I'm looking outside from outside into America, so there were like two Supreme Court decisions. The first was loosening up the gun rights, which uh, will definitely, um, you know, reduce gun violence, I, I would presume. And the other thing is uh, that they overturned this law, this regulation, this uh, Roe versus Wade, which basically means that now every state can decide if they uh, want to abolish abortion, right? Or if they don't want to abolish uh, abortion. And so there are more extreme states on both sides. And I would think, you know, Arkansas, for example, I've, I've read this, goes the full-blown we abolish abortion kind of way, where the blue states kind of alternate between, you know, what they have now and a kind of European way which is about like 12 to 13 weeks where it's kind of allowed. And after that, it's not allowed anymore. And so this is, you know, mm. and it's, I, I saw like kind of a map and it's from my side, it's like, as ever, it's like divided the East coast and the West coast are more bluish and the center, the rust belt is more, is more red. You know, we talked, this is Texas being one of the states which will regularly prohibit abortion, probably. So do I get that right, mm. more or less, you know, from just to begin with? Yeah, I, I think so, except for the gun thing, like the, what the Supreme Court um, is doing, ha has done, um, it, I don't think it's going to reduce gun violence. Nothing that the gun... No, that was a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, of that course. That's ironic. He, because he delivered like, it too dryly. I was it went over my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think yeah. like if you because the, the law is that you yeah. can carry the openly now. No? Mm -hmm. And so there are people that make the argument that um that that uh you know open open carry permits um or concealed carry permits or whatever there's there's people that make the argument that that will reduce gun violence. Yes. So it's not a joke to them. And this is a, a serious joke. Okay. No, no. But no, for me, it's mm -hmm. kind of absurd. So, okay. So, mm -hmm. okay. So, but going back to Roe versus Wade. So what's your, what's your take on this? Yeah. So a, you know, we, we can, kind of... we can get into the, into the nitty gritty of this particular issue. And then we can maybe zoom out and look at the broad trends, uh, kind of the big, um, big picture the grand context if you will for why this why this happens so so first of all just just from a, a moral ethical legal perspective you know we, we should always foreground that we're men talking about this and this is a, a women's issue primarily uh, uh, female women everything all, all all that that entails right Be, um, because uh, traditionally this is also about men trying to control women's bodily autonomy and and just just you know their their agency and it's one of these issues that um that 
you know, you got to go through the rigmarole of the of the history and the debates, maybe to understand it at a at a academic level. But um, but I think I think it's a non-starter as a culture war issue because uh, abortion should be legal. It's it's that simple, right? Like that is that is the ground that is the foundation. Uh, and you know, a lot of people are going to disagree with that. So then we have to unpack, you know, what that means and why. Um, but it should be legal, um, you know, <clears throat> meaning um, it's 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 approved of. It's um, it, it's uh, it's sort of uh, regulated, so it's so it's healthy, and people have free, free, easy access. And and there's many reasons for this, like sociological reasons, personal reasons, um, but. Um, fundamentally where the opposition comes from right and there's a whole slew of catchphrases uh like life be begins at conception these are the sort of memes that um that, that muddy the waters and infiltrate people's minds and sort of distort the debate and, and carry it on and, and the paradox is like okay given that this is still still a culture war issue you know if somebody takes a hardline position like i do or most leftists do where do you start where how do you how do you get into it you know we're constantly you know on on our on our heels trying to defend against this creeping authoritarianism and and fascism frankly so um you know it's a it's a human right it's a it's a women's right thing and it's a public health thing you know you you keep it legal you keep you make healthcare free you're, you're going to, I think you're going to see the rates uh, decline. You're going to see infant um, mortality decline, which is very high in the United States. Uh, but um, like I say, like I, I'd be called a hardliner because I'm coming at this from a kind of black and white stance. And so to, to, zo to zoom out though, um, I think, I think what we'll call a me meta modern approach is not to be reductionist in any um in, in any in any way about this in terms of the factors right so if i say i'm pro-abortion it's it's like okay well what are the implications of that for the rest of my healthcare policy right you, you can't just be pro-choice or 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 whatever because you know the conservative argument is like oh we're pro-life but then you know look at their policy on everything else on uh, maternity leave on um on just healthcare in general right and the the typical leftist response to that is that well they don't really care about life like a pro-life position what's what they call pro-life is anti-life because as soon as the bait you know george carlin has a, a viral clip classic um part of his stand-up talking about this like um yeah conservatives are pro-life until you're born and then it's like f you you know kind of like you're on your own Right. And, and that's the truth is we like, so this kind of rests on, on a conservative zeitgeist or paradigm that, um, that is, is a fundamentalist Christian in, in many, many regards and sort of spiritual in that sense, such that they believe that like the, um, you know, the, the zygote or whatever has a soul and that we need to, you know, nurture that and bring it to term. And so it's all, it's all very convenient uh, and, and kind of po poetic 
language to to frame the issue uh, for the for the public to distort the issue but then none of their policies are kind of pro life in the in the sense of healthcare in the sense of socioeconomic uh, equality um, so it's a very frustrating thing and then sort of to to take the maximum frame where i'm getting at with the meta modern approach and and you know referencing our past discussion about left versus right and what metamodernism is where it's where, where it's politically situated because it's situated in the left but it's gesturing towards transpartisan policies and transformation for the whole the whole world so um all of the intellectual dark web and hetero heterodox spaces claim and particularly someone like jordan peterson right, who from a left perspective is kind of known as a misogynist or at least that infuses his thinking and his his politics. And, and, and by the way, you know, where is he on this issue? You know, he's whining about, you know, CDU's not being for sale or something on Twitter, uh, just totally unhinged. Um, but um, the left predicted a lot of this, which is what I'm getting at, right? And so while the IDW and the right has been pointing the finger at, at uh, so-called authoritarian leftists, for wanting to, you know, make a better world, but in so doing, kind of become very polemical, critique the right a, a lot, hurt the feelings of the right. That uh, these people keep pointing to the left as the authoritarians. Frankly, I don't think there's anything authoritarian about what the left is doing. In 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 reality, um, it's it's the right wing ideology that's continuing to support the systemic oppression. And, and sort of, um, you know, case in point with governance, like uh, in the United States, you know, the the so-called left, right, the Democrats, not really the left, as I'm describing it, but the, but the liberals in power, you know, control the Senate, control Congress. They have, you know, Joe Biden's the president, but they're not, they, they, they're not doing anything. They can't do anything. And this is part and parcel of the decades, decades of rolling over. And capitulating to the kind of right-wing agenda, right-wing right-wing agenda that has led to stacking the Supreme Court with anti-abortion judges. So this is all very predictable, and it's all very Orwellian and and authoritarian, um, and it's it's not good for anybody, frankly. So um, so it's a real paradox, you know. We've come to the come to the the, the sort of nadir if you will, of this paradox that like um, there's still heterodox people whining about the left. And, and I try to talk to some of them. Meanwhile, you know, day to day, um, human, human rights proper are being eroded. Um, and so are the safety nets and, and stuff like that. And just to, to finish off what I mean by the, the big picture perspective, like, again, it's not, it's not enough to say, okay, make abortion legal or make drugs legal, you know, end pro prohibition. I think metamodernists, meta if there's such a thing, they want systemic reform, which means that everything's sort of packaged. So with abortion, it's part of a package of free healthcare and universal healthcare and universal education. And, and a more, um, um, you know, responsible, media class you know you know better better commentary commentary less punditry 
Right. And so what, what this issue shows is not just the po polarization, but really the extremism and, and specifically the banality of evil like like the like the, the 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 calmness and the stoicism with which some of these conservative uh, politicians and judges just sort of decree that um that abortion rights should be taken away and women's rights should be taken away and pro and protesters on these issues should be should be suppressed and should be demonized as an angry mob so you know we're, we keep plowing forward towards this this heightened tension um, and, and extremism, frankly, where the only way through to transcend it is to kind of listen to and consolidate the leftist perspectives that are pretty unified on, on this issue. Okay, so um, let me so just yeah, that, let that's me, my let me ask one, one thing, because like zoning in on the metamodern issue, because, you know, again, coming from the European point of view you know the abortion issue at least in europe is not an issue let's say of left or right but it's a secular issue right mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. could even say it's a modern issue you know every woman should have bodily autonomy and and so we kind of agreed on that on on the whole continent let's say and so the details might vary between sweden england italy and spain but this is a human right and uh which is like everybody kind of agrees on right mm -hmm. that's and, great that is so, great <laughs> and so i mean again we we have probably better health care than you but you still have i read that up yesterday you still have to pay for an abortion in germany it costs like 500 bucks so oh, okay and so uh, they are like very um, minute or particular reasons you have to have in order that the state is going to pay for that but nonetheless it's allowed and so it's a secular issue it's like it's something to do with women's rights and you know autonomy so i don't i don't see yet where the metamodern element comes from because you could argue so why invoke metamodernism when you when you can say it's a secular issue or modern issue I, i i agree i wouldn't necessarily invoke metamodernism i don't think it really helps us on this issue because part of what i'm saying is that um that it precedes uh like it's already settled historically or it should be at least and it so it precedes the emergence of this metamodern discourse and, and period if you will so so i agree i i don't think a metamodern perspective particularly adds anything except to say going back to our previous conversation that um that a lot of centrist or liberal or right-leaning people attracted to this discourse fundamentally misunderstand the, they misunderstand the discourse they misunderstand the culture war and so they'll they'll be pulled in different directions and they'll make arguments on behalf of reactionaries or pro-abortion speakers representatives um because we're dealing with a, a very wide and and full spectrum of of people and opinions right so so there's a there is a far right people like uh, marjorie taylor green and lauren lauren bobert for example in in um in the u.s just just to name drop a few uh demons <laughs> uh it's funny um, jimmy kimmel calls marjorie taylor green clan mom and um all the late night hosts you know get get criticized for kind of being um, li li 
liberals kind of um you know kind of um just um yeah you know they they're political but um i think they get criticized for like being too lighthearted or being too just uh you know sort of like celebrities um but i like when they don't pull punches like so when jimmy kimmel calls her clan mom like that has some truth and some resonance because this is really a despicable person who's managed to get get elected to congress and has a lot of support so yeah, coming back to metamodernism like if we take a big wide framing of politics and, and dark money and ideology and how how all these things are connected um you know that's what we, we need to be able to break break it all down because because a, a metamodern perspective is not about any one particular issue like again like in in my mind this issue is already kind of solved and resolved and tons has been written about it and we have a we have as profound an understanding of it as we need um and so uh it, it's not just about making abortion legal but all the um education and healthcare that comes with that to to depolarize society. Yeah, again, but so, again brent the, the question is i wanted to mention this i forgot mm -hmm. it because it's like a reasonable media uh, education a health system you know you could make the case that that is more or less the case in europe right because you know the education project that is the secular project you know the the healthcare project and so you know um still where where is this metamodern element coming in there because you also you 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 also in, you know mentioned you know the cultural divide right and so that gets mm. me thinking about uh, timothy vermoyen and and van der Ecker, which mm -hmm. have like a different kind of brand of of metamodernism but you know look at it you know from the cultural perspective and so where mm. where um, how would you delineate your kind of understanding of metamodernism in this kind of frame in this uh, in terms of this issue? Yeah, um, again, I would, I, you know, my instinct is to relate it back to all of the uh, heterodox and IDW type thinking and, and the way that they label the left and what the left is doing. Right. So um, the, uh, the book and the TV series, The Handmaid's Tale, you know, um, which which is about you know controlling women and it's uh, a meta a meta modern perspective and analysis through Vermeulen and Vandenacker's school of thought would I think um, you know just just sort of deconstruct that and then but try to go beyond and sort of reconstruct some sort of meaning and praxis from it but they still might stop short of movement building and being politically explicit and stuff like that and. Uh, again, what I try to do in an additive way is, you know, to have even more proactive understanding of these issues and not just talk about it, but, but have the organi organization. And so the, the right would um, ironically, you know, like say, oh, what the left is doing is like Handmaid's Tale or like it's like Orwell, right? Like Jordan Peterson will to him unironically say, oh, the left is... Um, totalitarian you know read orwell but or Orwell was a democratic socialist like he would fundamentally oppose peterson orwell's thinking and the, the, the leftists that um orwell's thought inspires 
is fundamentally organized around democratic socialism. So, so uh, you know, to, to to try to further answer your question, like if the discourse of metamodernism is to have any coherence and agency, like it needs to understand this big picture of how these things are connected and confront and oppose the people that uh, that get it wrong and stand in the way of these things. And so that's why we need to like confront this this term wokeness and the the uh, the anti-wokeness uh, because that's an influential meme influential discourse and because there's a lot of people out there whether they're just lost souls or inherently reactionary and that's the way they're pulled like this is where the numbers are unfortunately like um so so many of these thought leaders have huge followings um and and you know when it comes to like measuring the numbers of like Trump um, Trump versus Biden like it was too you know super close super super like a coin toss right like almost 50 50 we're talking about 70 plus million people voting for 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 either party and for whatever reason you know keeping in mind 50 percent of a, eligible Americans are not voting. And so it's left to the other 50% who themselves are kind of deciding on limited information and in a, you know, in a, in a kind of trade-off kind of way, like trying to vote for the lesser evil. Um, so, so again, to kind of bring it back to a, a point of action and, and perspective, like if the left was more organized, because the left is very clear on abortion, right? And, and, and on healthcare. And had they been winning, you know, their agenda for the past 30 years, we wouldn't be here today. And so it's, it's very clearly a sign of regression, of, of fascist regression specifically. And so like, I, I, don't, I don't know when things are going to turn, but like my role in these spaces has been to try to urge okay, so let people me ask and direct them to, to not supporting um, the right, not supporting any of these right-wing talking points and just reject, you know, uh, confronting it and rejecting it um, and out-competing out, out it and defeating it politically and having, having unity, right, to go back to this, like, Europe being different from America kind of thing, which is true. We have to have global solidarity. So insofar as Europeans already understand this issue from a secular point of view, the United States is always risking devolving into a theocracy um, that, that fundamentally smothers and smears understanding of these issues. Okay, so you you mentioned two times fascism. Mm -hmm. And, and this was like, I was thinking, you know, about this, because that's one of the things I don't, I don't understand. So mm -hmm. you have, you have the Republicans and you have you know the hardcore Republicans and it you know given their ideology and they uh, they they um, they are, how do you say um, they they are not being so much fond about minorities blacks and Hispanics it shouldn't be in their interest that those communities grow right. So it's kind of counterintuitive or paradox. So why would they enforce a law that prohibits abortion, which kind of in effect let these communities grow? And so because it's like, if you are if you are a German fascist in the 40s, you know, you, you want to get mm. rid of Jews and not um, 
you know, mm -hmm. broaden their mm -hmm. communities. And so what's going on there? What's your take on this? Because it sounds paradoxical. Right. I, we could make a parallel argument about uh, poor white people, you know, so-called white trash that um, it's it's against their interests in organizing for for um, white nationalism um, or white supremacy, um, and, and, you know, and so that would appear to be a paradox. Like, how, how do we have all these poor white people? I think it's I think it's mostly incidental, like it just happens. As, and it, it emerges, if you will, as a result of, of all these power games. And so I'd say, you know, they're, prepa they're prepared to make that uh, trade-off. Um, and, you know, and the thing with, with, with whiteness, like, it is a kind of suppressed thing. Like, they can't come out and say, we're, we're organizing for white power. Um, even Tucker Carlson right but but that is kind of the the backbone of his viewership it's 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 explicit and and implicit so um i would just say yeah it is a paradox um and or sort of an anomaly if you will and and we don't have to expect um our theories to to explain everything in that sense or or for for republican policy to be so absolutist but um, fundamentally, like um, like like a lot of rich people organize themselves and their capital independent of racial considerations, at least consciously, right? So a lot of it is incidental. Um, but but the the problem comes in you know there's there's still a lot of opposition to whatever the left does, right? So if the left is trying to reduce economic inequality or racial inequality there's just bl blanket opposition so in that sense the republicans still maintain their kind of control and just a final final point on that kind of to reiterate what i was saying about capital like like rich yeah rich people are just going to do what they do to to gain wealth and power and then everything else that happens is incidental and like so they they don't have to be consciously or explicitly racist or they can even be kind of supportive of minorities in some cases and with trumpism you saw like peter Thiel, for example being a gay person and being pro-trump again a paradox because they're sort of their virtue signaling and they're, they're kind of they're being contrarian right so peter Thiel goes oh i can get more traction and influence if i take this side you know, Trump side, because I'm already pretty right wing. And so um, they look at it that way. They can they can um, sort of performatively support LGBTQ rights, right, as they did. Like um, they can say anti-trans and misogynistic things, but then they, they can also say, oh, but we support and oh, I have I have a trans friend or whatever or, or I have a black friend. So they, they use and they instrumentalize minorities that's that's the point i'm getting at um and it's all it's a it's a very horrific dysfunctional circus in that sense but um here here we are right you right. have a supreme court and i just wanted to i wanted to like read some tweets quickly if i can like here's one from a, a person named molly crabapple and what molly crabapple what's uh, that 
Oh, it's just a just a person, just a, a an author on Twitter. I wanted to read a tweet right. from her. She says Roe was overturned by a tightly disciplined conspiracy of Christian fanatics who kept their eyes on the prize for fifty years. And uh, by and large, that's true. Like, like that 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 um that is what's happened. And it, and it doesn't need to be super conscious and and explicit at least in in the terms we understand it through like like her saying it's a conspiracy of of christian fanatics like mike pence is one of those christian fanatics but you know does he see himself that way no no right and so that's that's the, the the deep tragedy and kind of tyranny here is that um these are people just organizing the way they have traditionally or rather I should say self-organizing. It's a kind of self-organization. That, that's how these things emerge, you know? And then we're left here wondering, well, how did this happen? Well, like her tweet suggests, like it was a tightly organized conspiracy of Christian fanatics, but that's not all it was. Like it's other things as well. But we, we get to this point through the, um, through the kind of, in, in, in our blind spots, as it were, like the, this sort of creeping fascism to return to that term, which is why the left, rightly so, is always warning against this and predicting this and, and um, saying, you know, if we don't, if we don't combat this and, you know, so the left, again, was very critical of Obama, as I think we touched on previously, because Obama was kind of a lame duck and, and did not, um, did not anticipate and did, did not was not proactive enough to subvert these things happening right so we have you know everything that's happened since then obama to um trump to the hillary clinton run running against bernie and then biden running against bernie here we are right and so okay so the christian right because that touches on on a on a point on a thought that i had you know preparing for this for this talk because you know again as a European coming, looking from the outside. Uh, I don't know if I should preamble that I, I, I just do it because it's a funny, it's a funny, it's a funny story. I have a good friend. He's, uh, he's um, um, from New York and he stayed here for a while. He's a black guy and fantastic musician. And he stayed here for a while and got a Spanish girlfriend, right? And so they went to the beach and as the Spanish girl do, and, you know, she was like being topless and he being liberal was completely out of his mind and you can't do this and you know that's not all right and so and then i you know he was really riled up about this you know but he was liberal you know and so and so it's it's a story because and then i talked to him and tried to explain him that there's a difference that he's not in america anymore you know that the europeans are a little bit more open to these kinds of uh, things and, you know, I think in many ways coming to the point, I think in relationship to, to, to Europe, I think um, regarding sexual politics, uh, America, and um, you might disagree with this or you might correct me, but I think it's deeply conservative on the whole. And you see it on so many things, you know, um, you see it with, uh, you know, with the intrusion of the state into the bodily autonomy of, of women, of a woman, right? Which is like, that's a holy space, you know? 
on one side, on the right side, you know, then you have circumcision, which is still, it boggles my mind why you would do that or have that as a kind of tradition, because it's obviously designed to reduce ecstatic feelings or whatever you can have. So then you have, mm. you know, then you have, but you still, you have the same, same kind of conservatism uh, on the left side, strangely and interestingly, because if you compare the laissez-faire libertine culture of the 70s and 80s, you know, uh, and compare it with the rules and regulations you have to have in the workplace to flirt with somebody, God forbid, mm. you know, or, or, you know, so you're in, in London, you're not allowed to just to stare at a woman, you know, maybe you can, if you're like Tom Brady or whatever, then, then of <laughs> course you're allowed, you know, but, mm. but my, my point here is that, that there is a, an undercurrent, you know, of all these things that, you know, and there's a sexual politics, you know, to, to intrude this kind into this kind of sphere you know, mm. and, and I think in a, in a kind of way, the, the right does it extremely, or the extremely right does it extremely. And, and the extreme left does it also in a kind of weird and twisted way. So, you know, all these, I don't know how much of that is true, and you might correct me here, but all these kinds of advances that you have, like, uh, not only verbal yes, if you want to flirt, but, you know, there are like these design papers where you have like, yes, I want to, I want to go forth. That's like kind of, kind of conservative if you compare it to the libertine 70s culture right and just just mm, from that yeah. kind of angle and so that 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 whole thing is so strange to me you know because on one side america is so conservative in terms of sexuality on one side mm. and on the other side you have like these outwards presentation of Black singers who uh, um, uh, sing about wet ass pussy, you know, mm -hmm. which is which is mm -hmm. uh, there's a kind of disconnect there. If you if you know, if you get what I mean, and so sure, sure. and so, I, I don't know what to make of it or what kind of perspective you have, but I think to to look at the sexual, you know, the, uh, the intrusion of the state into the sexual realm, you know, and how kind of the extreme sides of both parties or kind of because this is what you expect because it's like that is what is protestantism is about you know if you read max weber and you know the whole idea that's what it's about it's about control of you know the sexual impulse and then you have you know i i would presume the thinking of the right oh you can't be just for the sake of being promiscuous without having any mm. consequences, because I think mm -hmm. that it's what it's about in, in the core. It's like, no, you can't mm -hmm. just fuck everybody without any consequences, because that would be the deeply right Christian argument, right? And so it's, mm -hmm. it's a sexual issue. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a question of sexual politics. Are you allowed to have free sex with everybody, with every race, mm -hmm. with every gender, uh, without mm -hmm. any consequences, or aren't you? And like, how mm -hmm. how do you how do you navigate that space? And I don't. I, I'm not proposing that I have an answer. I'm just when I look mm -hmm. at America, because I know. Sorry, as a closing word, it's like I know that reading about American literature or reading 
you know, American literature or philosophers, it's like they have like since the 50s, since Elvis, the movie's just coming out, they have this discussion. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, he wiggles his pelvis. So it's like, no, we have to, mm-hmm. we have to cancel him. And so this is, mm-hmm. so this kind mm-hmm. of sexual politics thing is never was that kind of grave in oh, Europe. Tom, I, oh, I, I lost your audio for about five seconds there. Oh, okay. Are you, I'm, am I back? Yeah. Okay. So no, just a closing word. It's this, we, we never had this sexual drama and, European mm. politics. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's all very interesting, and it's it's hard for me to to weigh in on that. And maybe maybe like you, like for for similar reasons, it's just it's just difficult. But it's very true that um, there's a lot to talk about there, and there's a lot of social theories that underpin uh, this. You know, the libido, the the sex drive, and whether we're talking about Freud or or, or whatever. Um, and I mean, this is why I say, and I like to bring things back to a simplification and a distillation when, when you can sort of have a, have a stance and, and make that be the organizing principle from which, um, from which everything else follows um, on this issue. And again, to to reiterate it's just abortion should be legal <laughs> right meaning uh you're you're letting you're you're letting the individual specifically the the female uh decide um but um but that's 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 getting off um the question you're getting at you know how do we how do we reconcile these extremes of portrayal of sex and I don't know, for better or worse, the first thing that comes to mind is is Ben Shapiro and his commentary, because he commented on that uh, WAP song. Um, and, and there's been a lot of mockery going back and forth, like, oh, Ben Shapiro can't get his wife wet. <laughs> and, and, you know, rightly so, but on, I think the paradox here is, is most of these people are, are painting themselves into that corner in the first place. Um, and they're and they're trying to control other people. Um, at the end of the day, you know, sex and access to sex is is one of these very political issues, very personal issues. Uh, there's whole industries built on it, not just the sex trade, but the the self help uh, industry. You know, the manosphere. Um, and I'll just defer. To, to people with with more authority and expertise than me like uh, FD signifier is uh, is a youtuber who's done two videos now on the manosphere um, uh, you know and there, there's 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 plenty of uh, good uh, female um, um, uh, youtubers you know Ma- Maggie may fish is one that comes to mind for me and and um, you know, she does a lot of entertainment commentary, but you can tell from her understanding, from her kind of uh, framing of things, um, that it's that it has a sort of meta modern sensibility. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just echo what you're saying, like about the extremes of 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 uh, sexual expression, like the the sort of far left libertines and uh you know it being a sort of free for all in the far right sort of um 
let's say polygamists, you know, if we go really far <laughs> where it's like in, individual men so wanting such extreme control and selfishness over sex that they that they marry, you know, dozens of women and sometimes their daughters and just insipid, grotesque things. And and, and the darkness doesn't stop there because in the United States, um, like a, a lot of that carries on without without intervention, without prosecution. Like it's almost legal, right? And it is, I think polyg polygamy is legal in certain uh, parts of the United States. And so, I mean, this is just this is just wrong to. What is Utah? Or the, is that legal? Yeah, it could be could be Utah. Um, Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know enough off the top of my head, but like, um, you know, we often see documentaries about these things before law enforcement has ever taken any action um, in, in, in part, because if it's legal on paper, then what can they do? And, and so this is the irony, you know, kind of, kind of, um, kind of parallel to the paradox you mentioned before. Uh, about um you know the relationship between abortion and minorities um there's there's so there's so much freedom of religion in the united states that they're letting it flourish into extremism whether right. it's polemicy or like far-right terrorism that's religiously motivated um so i mean this is one of these ironies of freedom like if if you can afford it of course america has tons of freedom The, the freedom to do all this crazy stuff and to organize with crazy people. And, and um, so, you know, how, how, you know, is the left to blame for its uh, promiscuity? <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I don't think so. It's just um, when, when, when we go into the realm of art, right. And of, if they're trying to express things that are true in some ways um, or they're exaggerating some truth it's uh, you know as long as no one's getting hurt it's it's fair game and the, and one of the paradoxes of sex and relationships is like um just the fact of high divorce rates you know that um we are broadly speaking culturally evolving out of a past that has all these um these attempted evolutionary niches, right? So marriage is one of these evolutionary niches that it evolves to bind people together ostensibly, right? In theory, to bind people together, to foster families, um, to secure sex. Um, but then, then we get disillusioned, you know, we're, we're accelerating into the future as it were when there's, more and more options, more and more people, more and more diversity, right? And so it kind of, it becomes not just tempting, but it becomes very logical to, to delay having a family um, and to just experiment and, and be, be liberal sexually and to, you know, by the same token, like practice safe sex, which then would not lead to unwanted pregnancies, um, And, and would, would, would we'd see a reduction in, in abortion. Um, but we, we live in times of such freedom and such diversity of ideology rather than diversity of true intellect and, and progressive policies 
that we see these kinds of systematic organized regressions and 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 it's not just abortion or guns like the supreme court we would want it to be the most um valid opinion and uh kind of law of the land but it, it and we'd want it to be a a, a depoliticized body but um, this is where I think the modern perspective comes in, is to realize how socially constructed everything still is, including the Supreme Court, how, how deeply politicized it is, and how captured and unself-aware those individuals are. And, and that leads me to the point of like, um, you know, to be a Supreme Court judge, you need to have, uh, you need to have gone to law school, you know, and ha- have a very high intellect. And, and a distinguished career in some respect. And, and with that comes the ability to follow evidence and logical arguments. And, and this, is, this is the irony for me. It's like the, the evidence and the logical argument uh, on this issue specifically would say clearly in no uncertain terms that uh, criminalizing abortion, just like the, the prison industrial complex as a whole, leads to worse outcomes. leads to more human rights abuses, you know, against those people in prisons and the harm that those people may or may not have caused in society to end up in prison. So um, this, this is what makes me by traditional measures, a kind of very far, far left person. Like I, you know, I want to live in a world without guns. It's not just a question of like how to reduce gun violence or how to, how to satisfy people's appetite for violence, but like to have, you know, of course. I, and I share this with much of the, the left is to have an ideal um, kind of, uh, um, you know, North star value meme kind of uh, uh, telos to, to get I mean, to where we have peace this, like and, and, and not be naive thousand. about it. Four and a half thousand kids died last year alone in the American schools. I think in Germany, Mm-mm. 30 kids died, but with incidents not related to guns. And so there you have, there you have the relationship. Okay, but uh, because you mentioned metamodernism, you know, because mm-hmm. from my understanding, um, you know, if you have you know a new value system or a new complexity of mind, and you know, it should it should be able to produce a different or more complex or more suitable outcome, you know, and metamodernism, you know, kind of succeeding or overcoming the problems of postmodernity and modernity. And so if, if we look at all of that, right, you know, the whole, the whole shebang, you know, which we touched upon a little bit. So, so what, you know, what would be the metamodern, approach to action you know what you know what kind of solutions does from your point of view you know metamodernism offer to resolve these kinds of issues you know not not just in broad Mm -hmm. general terms but also like you know what you know from from the individual on the individual level right so because i think the value in a new system or school of thought is you know the kind of pragmatic output you know if it doesn't produce uh, a new output it's it's not worth anything right and so mm-hmm. 
what mm -hmm. what would be the what would be the approach to these kinds of problems that um, you know overcomes modern and postmodern approaches to to this? Yeah, that's um, that's a great question. I I I think I kind of have an answer, but but my my mind um wants to segue um i watched um some clips last night from um john stewart being awarded the mark twain prize which which is given to comedians you know uh will ferrell has gotten it dave chappelle has gotten it um and and john stewart you know if you look at his career he's another he's another one of these political comedians who is in one sense beloved by the left or was uh, but but at the same time is criticized by the left and the reason for that kind of strikes to the heart of your question and it's that like like stewart has been this this satirist very effective and uh, very beloved but it still brought us to this point and um you know there was jokes as part of the presentation last night that were like oh like when john sort of took time away and sort of had an early retirement that's when like trump swept into power right so there's this idea there's this notion sort of that he he's part of the cause and um, that's of course not really true but it's like there's some salience there and this, by the same token like uh, a viral clip that goes around is uh in 2004 john stewart going on tucker carlson's show on cnn um and challenging him provocatively transparently and i'd say in a kind of metamodern way like really breaking through the the paradigm there and and i saw some commentary recently that showed that that actually led to carlson being fired or leaving cnn rightly so um, but that led him to fox news right and so tucker carlson became more extreme same thing can, can be said about um you know the, the jokes at trump's expense at expense at um one of Obama's White House correspondence dinners that, that Trump um, Trump was so, so offended and bruised that it, it was one of the factors that made him run for president and win. Um, all of this is to say, like, um, you know, what is the what are the definitive points of intervention? Um, it's uh, it's very hard to say, but we we definitely need to have this sort of consistency and 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 self awareness and reflection, um, and in that sense, like the, the the John Stewart tribute, like it was very inspiring to hear um, the the different speeches and stuff, and and because it is all political, right? Right? Um, people like John Stewart will kind of eschew responsibility a little bit, say, "Well, I'm just a comedian." right but they're a political comedian um and 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 in so doing they often have the most accurate and pertinent commentaries and interventions and also present the information and the stories in a way to people that they can they can process it better they can emotionally cope with the uh with with the disaster that it is like if it's creeping fascism it's not that we laugh it off but that you can you can see see it more transparently for what it is um so you're talking about confrontation as a means to address um this kind of issue definitely 
uh, and like I said, like in the case of of Stuart, like it's not always leading us directly to the to to the promised land, so to speak. But at least we have a direction, and they're consistent, um, and 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 true. So, so I don't think there's a a simple answer. But I, I guess the other thing I wanted to say to answer your broader question is to do with, with conversion and liberation theology. So like, if this is a Christian right problem, which by and large it is, what is the metamodern take on it? Well, we're that, that we're in a post-secular age, that that means you can't revert to traditional religion nor to any kind of strict atheism, but rather liberation theology, which has been around for a long time, and that's that's having a kind of nuanced spiritual understanding that's coupled with social justice and and liberation of people spiritually, right? And so that kind of that kind of nullifies any kind of uh, partisan religious project inherently, right? And and Christianity itself is divided among many different uh, sects. So um, that that is the metamodern answer. Uh, in that sense, to kind of to onboard fundamentalist religious people through through whatever through through workshops and seminars and and courses and uh, conversation um, to get them to see uh, what um, you know. I think my meta metanoia chapter, which which I published as an article as well. Um, has a lot to say about this, right? Because because this this term is uh, ostensibly at the heart of Christianity. It's a kind of core concept that I think most people are unaware of, and there's there's personal implications um, for everybody. And then so we'd get to that more secular uh, kind of threshold, like like Europe has. Um, and and because the U.S. is a superpower, a global superpower, or was, you know, and and it's it's um, it's right wing factions are organized with right wing parties all around the world. This continues to be a global issue. And again, to bring it back to metamodernism, like this super broad perspective that includes, you know, climate change and evolution and and everything, and and you know, to an extent, generational analysis, like we need to continue to, to subvert every status quo that, that gets in the way of us solving these meta problems. If, if, if you see where I'm going with that. Mm. Like, uh, so that, uh, again, I talk about time frame sometimes, like we have 10 years, we have 20 years to solve climate change. Well, why should it be any different if we're talking about gun rights or abortion? Because those issues have killed millions of people and, and have been stagnant for decades. So, you know, the way to break the postmodern impasse, which keeps us endlessly fighting, is to reach tipping points with um, people properly literate in a kind of metamodern uh, consciousness, explicitly or explicitly, such that we converge on the best set of policies. Um, that's that's what that's what um, all of our 
lifestyles and, and praxis should be oriented towards to the extent that we can, that we have time individually, that we can give ourselves to that collective project. Okay, so let me let me give a response to that, you know, because I, I also had a thought. Um, let me think, let me hear what you think about this, because, you know, from my point of view, you know, the, the Supreme Court people, they don't have any skin in the game, you know, mm -hmm. so they can go home, uh, drink their cognac or whatever right wing justices do in their mansion somewhere in Texas. I don't know. They, they have no skin in the game in, in, in that sense that they are not participating in the reality of these minorities who can't afford healthcare, who can't have them, who don't have the money to travel to a state, you know, to have an abortion there. So then it's not a lived reality, right? At the same time, the whole issue is a, is a question of skin in the game, because I think the basic argument, again, please correct me if you think I'm wrong, the basic argument of the Christian right is, again, you can't have just, you know, be promiscuous and have no consequences mm -hmm. because you have to have skin in the game. If you have sex, take care of the consequences, you know, mm -hmm. either have the child or for goddamn use a rubber or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the argument in, in some sense. And, mm -hmm. and then you have, then you have, when you, when you zoom or, or look at the, the Democrats, you know, so wouldn't that be their skin in the game if, you know, there's a saying in the United States, put your money where your mouth is. You know, if you, if you talk the talk, mm -hmm as uh what was this guy's name from full metal jacket um mother mother animal if you walk the walk then you have to talk no if you talk the talk then you have to walk the walk you know and so wouldn't it be skin in the game if the democrats who have you know this ideology that let's say say okay no we pay for your travel expenses to our states you know create funds you know mm -hmm. wouldn't that be you know, a way to uh, minimize the suffering and and take some responsibility for the kind of, for the situation they're in, you know? I mean, you could make the argument, why should, why should I pay for other people's suffering? But then again, why do you have that kind of ideology? Not you, but why don't you, do you have that kind of ideology then, right? So your ideology is only worth something if, if you act on it and if you're able to act on it. So why wouldn't that be a solution to create funds, you know, in order to help, in this case, women to, to get abortions? Yeah, I, I was just looking for a tweet that's directly relevant to what you're saying, because if some tweet, I think that um, a bunch of corporations, right? Like, like it, let's just say Apple, Facebook, whatever, um, a bunch of corporations did announce that they would that you know as a right. means of solidarity they would pay for for uh people to their employees to go to a state where they can get an abortion right. nice gesture right virtue signaling but somebody made the counterpoint that like you know if these companies were serious they would have maternity leave ma maternity leave and you know some of them do some of them don't like don't quote me on the, the corporations but it's a good point. Like, 
I think um, it's a good gesture. First of all, they should, you know, kind of do what they can to, to support people, but, um, but the more systemic reform and the anticipatory reform would come from, from supporting political change that gives people those rights, right. Systemically. And, um, yeah, what, why not both? Why not go yeah. at it at both, like from both ends? Well, you know? bo both would be great, but they so, also have like an do... individual approach. You know, they that often the don't Democrats do both. that have that kind of ideology that they, you know, try to pay or engage with that kind of problem. And then, you know, on the state level, on the legislative level, that, you know, the, the Democrats try to um, mm -hmm. appeal this mm -hmm. kind of. I think a lot like they don't do both often. I think a lot of these paradoxes come from like trying to save capitalism, like trying to have it both ways. Right. So so continuing with the status quo policy wise, but trying to make these um, concessions or, or um, counter counter moves to to try to oppose it. Um, but yeah, I. Definitely both. Like this, this is what I'm saying continuously. I, I get exhausted. I lose my train of thought. But just the sense is, we need we need all hands on deck, and we need all of the different um, actions being taken to to converge on the same outcomes, right? So, so you know, some of these corporations continue, and some the Democrat, some of the Democrat parties, they continue to run right wing candidates. For, for whatever reason, um, and and you know think tanks continue to to um, get funded to to produce right wing thought. Um, so so the, the the I guess the term at the heart of that would be hypocrisy. Like like there needs to be less of that contradiction. Wherever there's contradictions that are heightened, and and you know capitalism is is the case study par excellence uh we should we should be aware we should be aware of that we should try to reduce those contradictions um so have you seen yeah. the last latest uh bill mayer uh thing with andrew sullivan the guy we talked about last mm -hmm. time i i've not seen anything recent if there okay, was okay so there's a new clip a new clip. clip with him and there's a woman there, um, a female podcaster. I forgot her name. Crystal and, Ball? Huh? Well, I, I saw a clip with Crystal Ball, but I think that was a week, or, week ago or so. Maybe um, diff may, different may, episode. Maybe. But was it also with Andrew Sullivan or what? I don't know. I, I didn't see him on the panel. So okay, this okay, must so, be a different so person. These two. And she was like kind of explaining. And I found that interesting because um, I don't know if it's true, but you know, she said something in the, in the sense of, in the, you know, that the, the Republicans play by principle, you know, they don't look for the 100% real person, you know, they, they look for, for principle, and that's why they're so successful, whereas the Democrats like play her words like kind of purity politics, where they look for the exact same, per the exact perfect kind of candidate to, you know, um, and so because that's way more time exhausting and energy exhausting, you know, that Republicans have way more leverage there. And I, I don't know if that's true, but I, I found the perspective kind of interesting. And so she described how, 
you know, one, you know, it's, it's like a pendulum movement, like an oscillation between hardcore right uh, policy making and leftist reaction. And, and I found it interesting. I don't know if that makes any sense from your point of view, but. I think it does. I, I think, um, especially with, um, you know, what I call ratchet theory and the, this idea of the pendulum swinging back and forth, but under neoliberalism, it continuing to be more reactionary. So if the left is reacting to what the right policy proposals are, on their terms and and well, let's say the, the democrats not the left but um they're saying okay you know we'll take we'll, we'll meet you halfway and oh you want to you want us to take out this education provision okay we'll do that just so we can get the votes and move ahead right it's called satisficing uh and then so it leads to this continual um, compromise but what what was andrew sullivan's presence there what was his take what did he contribute oh my god um i don't i don't know if i could make uh, make him justice here but he says it's i don't know i, I forgot it okay uh, it okay. was not that I, I i focused on the woman just look it up it's an interesting clip mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i couldn't do him justice right now <laughs> mm-hmm I'm sure if I look it up, I'll see plenty of leftists commenting on it and and debunking or or Probably. dunking on him. And yeah, that's part of the fun, but um, also part of the crisis. Like, I, you know, I I think I think we often run out of things to say uh, about it because it's just so um, it's it's so tiring and so redundant that. Um, you know, and uh, let, let's just call them centrists because like Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, um, it just popped into my head because uh, Forrest Miller has a tweet here. Glenn Greenwald officially changed his name to Red Brownwald, uh, which is a joke uh, about Glenn Greenwald becoming a sort of red brown fascist, like meaning in his move to the center, they've um, um, teamed up with a lot of far right people essentially and and it's sort of a it's sort of a far left and far right alliance in theory um, doesn't really work but um you know i think i i think the, these people are losing their minds in the center and but that yet they still have so much hegemony and influence right they have big popular platforms whether whether they're independent or they write for the atlantic um and and so much of it you know you look at saying by, by the same token the washington post editorial page new york times editorial page the arguments are old white men being incredibly facile um incredibly contrarian um and 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 not you know not having basic uh basic ethics basic uh sort of values and um you know i i did want to make a point this is kind of a, a tangent but just going back to what you said about skin in the game um i think i think you're correct however a lot of these a lot of these judges or politicians like brett kavanaugh is a good example trump of course like they've been accused of sexual assault right and so and and um 
So they have, they, they literally have skin in the game or like foreskin in the game, if you will, because like. Did you say foreskin like, in the game? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make a dark <laughs> joke. <laughs> but like, you can he see. He has no foreskin anymore. Not, <laughs> that's <yeah>. gone. <laughs> not, not to, um, not to, not to make accusations willy nilly, but like, um, there's a correlation between a lot of these guys and their their history and their attitudes towards women individually and systemically right so they'll, so they'll um they'll 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 advance laws to protect those types of interests and and a name a name that pops into my head i think his name is Brock Turner and he was uh, like a college student who raped a girl and and was and was let off was exonerated by the judicial system and it was this sort of big controversy because it was like just such a a clear case of privilege of sort of class privilege and white privilege that uh that this guy would face no consequences right and so so it's 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 both and true that they have no skin in the game and no personal stake and they just want to advance their kind of their their interests without taking any risk or or suffering the consequences but um or if we you know we talk about abortion specifically like if a conservative woman let's say the wife of a of a conservative person who's anti-abortion they'll go and have a secret abortion they're they're not above you know going doing and something like that i'm not saying all of them will do that but they will be hypocrites when it serves them sure um, and and they and they will and they will cover up their well I, I don't want to say crimes but they'll they'll cover up their hypocrisy um, in in that sense and so um, that's part of the irony of of trying trying to control people sexually is like, like the extremes that it takes you to such that there's polygamists um, such that um, that uh, that uh, conservative households will will have their own dysfunction you know Trump for example, has had th- th- uh, three divorces. I, I think is, is Melania his third or his fourth wife, but I like, tell you. you know, so, and, and he's not traditionally a right winger anyways. He, he just plays both sides. Um, but, um, you know, you know, it, it's, it's all hypocrisy. And so this is you know, a, a politics a healthy politics should fundamentally be uh, be driven by by evidence and by policies that um, that are good for society and good for healthcare. And, it's not a good the, time in, to be an American right now. That's no, no. Brent, I think we got it. We got over an hour. I think that's uh, that's all right. Thank you again that you took the time. Yeah, thank you. And I'll, I'll just I'll just wrap up then to say like what I said at the beginning, like like uh, I'm uh, I'm a man. I'm not particularly an authority on this issue, but it's very easy for me to support the the broad left p- position and the the organizing for abortion rights. It's it's absolutely a a clear cut question and a real good kind of. Um, litmus test for some for someone's political literacy and ethical and moral compass you know and and 
insofar as we can actually prove that this can be talked through with, um, whether with like-minded people or with uh, contrarians is key because you, you know, coming back to somebody like Ben Shapiro, like the intellectual dark web and, and the various people like Peterson who, who will completely ignore things like this happening. Um, it's they're completely disingenuous and, and bad faith. And, and it's, um, this is the concrete outcome that we get as a result of all this culture warring with, with no resolution and no, no definitive leftist victory. Right. So, Thank you, Brent. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having